At Baptist Health South Florida, it's our mission to care for you when you're injured or sick and help you stay healthy and fit. Welcome to the Baptist Health Talk podcast, where our respected experts bring you timely, practical health and wellness information to improve your family's quality of life. Welcome Baptist Health Talk podcast listeners. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Fialco. I'm a preventative cardiologist and lipidologist at Baptist Health's Miami Cardiac and Vascular Institute, where I'm also Chief of Cardiology at Baptist Hospital and Chief Population Health Officer at Baptist Health. Summer in South Florida means months of hot and steamy weather. It's hard to do much of anything outside without breaking a sweat. And sweating is the way the body tries to keep, cool, keep itself cool. But if temperatures and humidity are too high, it may not be enough to keep your body from overheating. People who work or exercise outdoors need to know the warning signs of heat-related illnesses and what to do if their body is overheating. My guest today is a sports medicine physician with Baptist Health Orthopedic Care, Dr. Michael Swartzen. Dr. Swartz is an expert in helping amateur and professional athletes reach their full potential. Welcome back to the podcast, Michael. Oh, thank you, Dr. Fialco. I'm, I'm very happy to be back here. Okay. It's Jonathan. We're old friends. So okay. Let's keep it formal. Um, uh, and, and for the listeners, just for the purpose of the podcast, we're going to talk obviously about health-related, uh, heat-related illnesses, who should be particularly worried and what to do about them. So what would be the more common things that, um, that you see and that you would uh, want to discuss, uh, Michael? One of the most common things we see uh, are, are cramping of muscles due to heat and dehydration. You're, you're going out there and you're trying to do something and then the muscle just spasms. Sometimes the spasm is just uncomfortable, but occasionally the cramps can reach the level where you physically can't use that muscle and it hurts so much that you, if it's one of the leg muscles, you, you can't walk or stand on it. Uh, it's very unfortunate when it happens. It's scary, um, but, but it is temporary and will go away. So, so muscle cramping in a heat environment is what you're talking about. It's something actually. Correct. I mean, we see the athletes sometimes. You see them cramped up in the sidelines and some of the hot, hot, you know, uh, arenas and hot, uh, hot um, venues, and that's what's actually happening. It's from the it's from the heat. Well, part of it is is the heat, and part of it is the dehydration that comes uh, with the heat. Uh, which which right? will certainly so, be something, too, what we can do about it, yeah. So right. if an athlete or someone's very active outside gardening, I guess, some other activities, and the muscle cramps, that would be, let's say, a warning sign to, hey, stop, do something about it, right? Correct. I mean, you most if it's if it's bad, you most likely won't be able to continue what you're doing. Yeah. And and there's a there's a lesson in this for for the person to, you know, work on uh, whether it's stretching, whether it's uh, acclimating to the heat a little bit more slowly or, or hydrating better. Um, there, there usually is a solution to it. So, so you mentioned it's the most common. So I just want to dive into it a little a little more. So let's say someone's out there and it's Florida, it's the humidity and we can we can talk, you know, they haven't had enough to drink and they start cramping. Um, do you advocate just take a glass of water and go back or do you say hey stop and you know take a day off or you know what 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 would you be most likely scenario that person should do under that circumstance you know it depends on the on the severity if it's something that's light sometimes you can you know walk it off or, or stretch it and after a little bit of rest and as you suggest some water uh you're able to continue and other times it's something that requires you know some foam rolling some time maybe, you know, a hot bath to let the muscles relax, 
Um, there's, you know, a lot of people have those new percussion guns that can kind of help work any fascial release. Um, those, those can be helpful in, in that particular instance. So cramping, uh, again, an early sign, let's say, of a potential dehydration and obviously yeah. affects the, the person, uh, their, 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 the part of the body that's cramping. What would be some of the more severe, let's say, heat-related concerns that we'd want to uh, educate the listeners about? Right. So there, there are different forms of heat-related illness. Um, they, they really go from being very mild to being extremely serious and life-threatening. Um, unfortunately, sometimes you, you don't know which one you have, because if you have the most severe one, you wouldn't know. Hmm. Um, occasionally, you'll start noticing uh, with people who are in the early stages, you'll get lightheaded. Uh, you'll, you'll have already been sweating for a long time, um, and you might faint or pass out or collapse. Um, obviously that's serious because if you're running outdoors, you could collapse in the wrong place, not only hurt yourself with the fall, but put yourself in harm's way, whether it's a, uh, crossing of a street or, uh, next to someone else and, and injure somebody. So, um, that's certainly not something anyone want to go through. If it's even, if it's a little lighter, you'll just end up with a very massive headache at later on that day. Uh, and that's from the dehydration. Um, your your blood vessels in your brain are just trying to recover, uh, and and the heat is just causing it to malfunction a little bit. So if someone, and, and again, I think we both recognize this is extremely common. Mm -hmm. Someone's uh, outside again. We will say exercising, gardening, uh, taking a walk, or whatever it is, and they feel a little lightheaded. Um, what do they do? What would be you know what? What do they do initially, and is there a level of severity to say, hey, I better get to uh, an emergency room or something? Very good question. So the first thing you want to do is get yourself out of the sun and the heat. So either in the shade or indoors in an air-conditioned place if possible. Um, if there's a fan nearby that can kind of help you cool off, uh, drinking cold water, and most importantly, try and get some help. It doesn't, I mean, obviously a, a doctor or, or nurse would be ideal, but even just having someone there in case you don't do well to call an ambulance uh, it can be very helpful and, and can save your life. Because one of the things that happens is um, as the dehydration goes from, or the heat illness just goes from you getting a headache, you can start having a lot more serious uh, neurological issues yeah. like seizures, um, and your body temperature rises to the point where uh, you, you can die. And it's not something that is easily recognizable, and you don't know how fast it's going to happen. And we talked all, you know, you mentioned the example of someone gardening outdoors. Uh, certainly that person should be covered well with clothing and be wearing a hat. But sometimes even just being a spectator or going to one of the outdoor malls and you may not realize it, but maybe you didn't eat too much. You didn't sleep that well the night before. You had a bunch of caffeine or, or you're on diuretics. And all of a sudden, you're in a uh, increased risk for having oh. a heat-related illness. So and that's great advice. I think the take-home point is 
take it seriously. Don't just mm-hmm. shake it off. And if you're if you're have someone available, make sure you're not you're not alone and uh, you have someone watching you. If you're and obviously if it gets real severe, go to the hospital. Call nine one one, which which yeah. is important. So you, you started mentioning, which I like um, the direction. Um, these recommendations are true for anyone and anyone, uh, uh, anyone can become uh, you know uh, get a heat related illness. But are there certain populations in whom we would want to uh, take extra precaution? And we'll talk to you again, elaborating on more some of the things people can do to avoid it uh, afterwards. So one uh, of those, you mentioned diuretics. So explain that a little bit more. Some of the populations so, we want to yeah, be. Anyone taking a medication that can uh, affect uh, the water content in their body, whether it's a specific blood pressure medication or, or something on your your kidneys, um, you, you need to just be careful, especially if the medication's new. Um, if you've been on it for a while, chances are your body has already adapted. The biggest people that are at risk, um, people that have not spent much time outdoors are at a very significant increased risk. People who are coming to us from up north. So if you have family coming to visit you and you're used to being on your boat all the time and they're not, uh, you need to watch out for them, make sure they're wearing a hat, they're getting hydrated, they're wearing their sunscreen, you know, be a good friend, be a good family wow. member. If, uh, you know, they're, they're just having, um, you know, a fun day on the boat fishing and, you know, sometimes there's, there's alcohol involved in those events, uh, that can even increase the risk of dehydration. So you go out trying to have a fun event, uh, whether it's golfing or fishing, and then you end up, uh, having trouble later on that day. And that's not something we want. Yeah, that's great. Great recommendations. And the kind of the populations that I guess we necessarily wouldn't think about, I would think off the top of my head, people with cardiac conditions, et cetera. But, but as you're saying, there's many other circumstances, probably much more common. And then um, I always think of the cardiac patients, like again, right. the, the warnings of the hot tubs, if you have a cardiac condition, be, be it's the same type of thing, right? It's the heat of the hot tub can, can cause these types raise, of concerns. Raise your body temperature. Yeah, exactly. Body and, temperature. and so that's why the solution is to lower your body temperature as quickly as possible. One of the biggest at-risk populations is uh, uh, pediatric patients for kids. Oh, elaborate uh, elaborate on that a little bit. That, so that's a, the, the, the body mass ratio that we have versus uh, kids is different. They can't regulate the heat the same way we can. Not only that, adults tend to have, um, especially ones who are are trying to exercise and have a little bit more of a budget, they tend to buy the clothes that are the moisture wicking, you know, expensive uh, athletic wear, whereas kids typically still wear cotton t-shirts and the cotton t-shirts do not air out very well um, for them. So they get soaked and they, they retain the heat uh, and especially if they're not used to being outdoors, that's a population that I worry about. It takes them longer to acclimate to the heat than most adults. Um, so for sure, pediatrics, watch your kids, watch your grandkids, make sure they're staying hydrated and make sure they get out of the sun when they can. When, when you work with your athletes, for example, now, um, um, who are in shape and have high endurance and stuff. Do you ever discuss with them that, you know, maybe you shouldn't take a run when it's a hundred degrees out or the humidity is 90. Do you get into those specifics with even a, a, a high performance uh, folks in, for, in your business? 
For sure, for sure. Uh, every sport that's outdoors has uh, an emergency action plan based on the weather, right? So it's not just if a hurricane comes. We look uh, at training camp for the Miami Dolphins and at race day for the Miami Marathon, we have a what's called a wet bulb uh, thermometer. And it's basically, uh, it measures not only the heat, uh, but also the humidity, the wind, uh, and it's a little bit more advanced than a heat index, but if you look at a, a weather app, it'll tell you the feels-like temperature. It's basically a very scientific version of a feels-like temperature. And if it's over a certain temperature, and that varies per sport, we will completely change. For example, with the, with the marathon, we will first, in a caution, we will tell the runners that the temperature is high and they need to be cautious. And when we think it's very high, we stop the timer so that no one feels they have to rush to compete. It's obviously people value the, the race time, but we value their lives more than the race time. In football, for training camp, what we would do is we would take more breaks. We would make them take their helmets off. Occasionally, if they're wearing all their pads, we'll switch them to a shirt and shorts. And if it's hot enough, we take the we take the practice indoors. Wow. Um, so this is even professional athletes who are the pinnacle of our our fitness level have uh, significant changes to their schedule based on the heat. Highly monitored, high attention Highly monitored. Paid, uh, even in those situations. Um, so um, uh, again, I, I really appreciate you know again as always your expertise. And it's really fascinating to take something relatively simple, which is it's hot in Florida and message, you know, these important, <laughs> send these important messages um, to, uh, to to the listeners. You you did mention through the conversation a few things, but let's just go through um, specific things about how to avoid uh, heat-related illnesses. You know, you said when, when you start feeling it, whether it be lightheaded or lightheaded or headache or cramping, obviously uh, get in a cool environment, drink cold water, air conditioning are preferable, preferable. And obviously if you have more significant symptoms, you know, seek more advanced help. But what, what kind of precautions would you specifically say to someone who's going to be outside to avoid uh, heat related illnesses? And let's, let's break it down to people new to, let's say South Florida, those visiting, but also people who live here might take it for granted. Right. Uh, so first, you want to remember the change in seasons. So if you've been out and it's been not that winter in Florida is that cold, but it's certainly much cooler than in the summer and less. Come, come on, Mike, when it's 55 degrees, the furs come out, you know. Uh, <laughs> so you want to you want to know what you're getting into and where have you been. Prepare yourself. Make sure you're well hydrated and rested before you're going out in the heat. Make sure you're wearing the appropriate clothes. Some people may think that's a tank top, shorts, and flip-flops. Uh, but normally, if you're going to be in the sun for a very long time, sometimes wearing long sleeve pants and, and a hat can be even more advantageous if it's the correct type of clothing. You want it to be a little bit more loose. A lot of people like wearing these uh, tight, tight neoprene-type braces and bodysuits hmm because they think it's gonna help with cramping, but it really can increase your risk of heat illness. So for the fitness person, prepare. 
for the person who's you know going down here on vacation it's the weekend they want to go down to one of the farms or do something outdoors just be mindful of what you're doing have the water take breaks be with other people that's really the safest because someone is going to recognize that you're not doing well and get you the help if if it gets to that um last question and it I think it warrants its own section of a conversation is, is, is the aspect of hydration. Um, yeah. Hallmark of everything you said, are there tips to know when you say, you know, be well hydrated, anything to look at to, for a person to say, I am well hydrated. And then the second part I'd ask is, is there anything specific to say regarding water versus sports drinks with electrolytes or, you know, what is that vehicle for hydration in most cases? So to, to answer the latter part, uh, the rule of thumb that we have is if you are exercising or outdoors for less than an hour, uh, regular water will be sufficient. Uh, if you're exercising for more than an hour, you're planning to be outside all day, you should have some uh, carbohydrate electrolyte beverage. Uh, there's a lot of brand names out there. There's ones that are ready-made. There's ones that you can pre-mix. Uh, the, the brand doesn't matter but uh, you do you should alternate the type of drink and not only drink water if you're spending more than uh, an hour outside as far as the uh, first part of your question um, the best way to measure how hydrated you are is whether you're urinating right you go to the bathroom you go pee if you're peeing that's a good sign you got to look at the color of your pee if it's very yellow and you're not getting a lot of it and you notice that this is the first time you've gone to the bathroom all day, you are well behind on your hydration status. If you are, you know, peeing freely, so to speak, and you have mostly clear or light yellow urine, you're in pretty good shape. And, and so that's a very quick, easy way to get a get a uh, 20,000 foot view on your hydration status our bodies are fascinating things our bodies will tell us yeah <laughs> what, what's safe for us to do and what's not which is great well this is wonderful as always i think the information is very helpful um and you're always able to articulate it in a, in a way that uh, you know resonates um, any final comments anything you want to reiterate anything we didn't uh, touch on that you think is relevant especially given your expertise in sports uh, in sports medicine well, certainly you want to try and plan your activities. You know, you know when the hottest parts of the day are. If you want to do something outdoors, do it at, at 7 a.m. or 7 p.m. You're you're going to be in a much better shape to avoid heat illness when you're not doing things in the hottest part of the day. Um, you want to look at your medical history. If you have some uh, issues, you can always talk to your doctor and say, are there any medications? Is there anything I'm concerned? You know, we didn't go into the skin aspect of it, but certainly, you know, certain medications can increase your risk of getting sunburn uh, from being outside. You want to get acclimated to the heat. So if you do plan on starting a workout routine or you are going to go out for boat season, try and ease into it, you know, one step at a time instead of doing it all at once, because that's what you remember you did at the end of last summer. So just, you know, plan ahead for you and your family and your friends so that everyone has a good safe time watch watch the temperature know your fitness level 
plenty of fluids, dress appropriately, all great tips and can really make a big difference in avoiding heat-related illnesses, especially in our South Florida summer heat. So uh, thanks again, Michael. Absolutely, Jonathan. And to all our listeners, if you have any comments or suggestions for future topics, please email us at baptisthealthtalk at baptisthealth.net. That's baptisthealthtalk at baptisthealth.net. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and stay safe. Find additional valuable health and wellness information on our resource blog at baptisthealth.net slash news. And be sure to interact with us on our social media channels for live and upcoming events. This podcast is brought to you by Baptist Health South Florida, healthcare that cares.